Vintage Star Wars stamps. Tis the podcast log. Yes, log. Of the Star Wars Collector's Archive blog. Yes, log. Whenever the Star Wars Collector's Archive publishes a new blog, this podcast will log its contents, interview its writers, and go deeper. It's the Kivecast Blog Log Pod. You, sir, are a mouthful. Relax and just take life easy for a little while. Because it's only lasts for a little while. No intros on a blog log pod, Steve. <laughs> no, no, this is the 15th. That's all I'll say. No, no editing, because I'll just leave in saying a blog log Steve. Uh, we're also not going to get too gargan largan, Steve. We are going to cut right. straight to the point. Now, this show has a long history. This has been a long time coming, Steve. It has. <laughs> do, do you know why it's been a long time coming? I feel like uh, it's been a long-running joke about you not knowing about the stamp collecting kit from 1978. I feel yes. like that's come up time and time again over the years. So finally, we're, we're going to address it head-on. <laughs> Basically, every time part. I've seen Chris Jorgulius, he mentions to me that he can't believe that I didn't know that that existed. Right. I mean, I'm not as young of a man as you are, Steve, but I, I am I am of the Jedi generation, so I wasn't around 1978. I was one years old. I wouldn't have seen it. I wasn't yeah. doing cute little drawings. You know, I was I was a zygote. I was basically, I was hardly even born. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, we're going to go into detail. How much detail, Steve? <laughs> More than you could possibly imagine. So I've been thinking about Jonathan McElwain. So we're going to have Ron Salvatore on here. So really what we're going to be talking about is this article on the, uh, on the Harris stamp collecting kits from 1978, uh, vintage item. And there's been a great blog log, um, a great blog post on, on the archive. And uh, it's written by Jonathan McElwain and edited and sort of prefaced by Ron R.A. Ron Ron Salvatore. And uh, so we're going to have both of them on here. And I was thinking we needed a nickname for uh, Jonathan McElwain. <laughs> now, I used to call him the fake Canadian because his name just sounds too Canadian to me. Yeah, um, yeah. And his whole demeanor is, I mean, with the exception of a couple, you know, most Canadians are famous for being nice. I think you know the exceptions I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but like... <laughs> You know, like he, he's such a nice and affable, smart guy. It's sort of yeah. the, the stereotype of a Canadian. So it never he makes just sense. lacks the lacks the accent. Yeah. But I'm thinking because whenever we have him on, we go into too much detail. So I was thinking about Johnny too much. What do you think of that? <laughs> oh, that, you know, that's I, I like where that starts. I, I think <laughs> let's see how Jonathan t- takes it. Because <laughs> he's not a Johnny at all. That's I mean, that no, that's his. That's, incongruous as his American citizenship um, and believe me Steve I have been looking up the etymology of the word citizen so just hold on to your butts if that sounds good to you you're going to want to hear the other side of this little break here so let's get on Johnny Too Much and Ron R.A. Ron Ron Salvatore to talk about the Harris Star Wars collecting stamps alright well Steve after some phone hijinks we have them back here and I did inform Jonathan, that we now have a new nickname for him. Um, Ron, we didn't run this by you, so you're not responsible for this. So, so Jonathan, 
you are somebody who we have on here. And do you know what role you fulfill for us? Uh, no, I don't know. Well, when you, I mean, like Ron's sort of the explainer. He's the disambiguator. You know what I mean? Like when things need to be said, need to be said right, that's when we need Ron on here. Yehuda is whatever the opposite of that is. And, 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 the obfuscator. Doctor obfuscator. Yes, but but Jonathan, whenever we need someone to tell us too much about something, you're the person. So we're thinking of Johnny too much. How, how does okay. that work for you? That sounds fine. Okay, so we're here with Ron and Johnny that too sounds much. Sounds like a porn star name. <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny Too Much wrote a great article about Harris uh, stamp collecting kits. We said a little bit before we had you on that I've been teased mercilessly by a little bit by Ron, but mostly by Chris Julius for not even knowing that these things existed. Um, I guess before we start, sort of talk about it, did, did either of you, did any of you actually collect these when you were a kid? I collected stamps a little bit. Like my dad had a small collection that I sort of inherited, I guess. And, and I had, you know, some stamps at the time, but I, I, this thing was not on my radar screen at all. I honestly don't think anybody who's actually ever lived, ever collected this thing. Like I've <laughs> never heard of anybody having it or having memories of it, but it's amazing to me that you've never seen it because if you've collected vintage stuff for any amount of time, you've seen um, unused examples at shows or whatever. I, Jonathan might have more info, but for whatever reason, there must have been a ton of overstock or something because there's just been unused, sealed examples of this item that have been floating around the hobby forever, it seems like. And that's, that's yeah. how I've known it. Like I don't remember it as a kid. I just remember it as an adult collector, just seeing it places. Yeah, I don't have any great intel or insight, but yeah, it's just one of those things that's it's just everywhere. And it's when you adjust for inflation, it basically sells for the same thing as it did back in the day. It's just it's <laughs> completely flat. Which is like the only vintage item you can say that of probably it's like sealed untouched and it still sells for the same price. Well it's it's a it's a really funny thing, and this kind of goes to the the intro that Ron gives and that we're sort of headed towards. I think for our generation, I'm not speaking for Steve because Steve technically hasn't been born yet, um, but like for our generation, like we were constantly being told to collect stamps and that stamps were the things that, you know, my grandparents gave me a bunch of stamps that I found recently. Um, I remember looking at my friend Jonathan Machado. Uh, I went over to his house and he had all these stamps and we looked at it and if they were from different countries and they had like a different currency, we thought that was how much the stamp was worth. So if there was a lot of inflation, we're like, oh my God, this is worth a thousand dollars, but it was just a thousand rupees or whatever. Right. <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I really like, uh, I kind of, I don't know if you've read this, Steve, have you, have you read Ron's little, uh, little opening, uh, poetic musings on nature of collecting? That I have in, indeed. And I like that uh, you finally, I don't know if I've seen you do this before, Ron, but you finally just acknowledged Star Wars is it's it's not stuff. It's not collectibles. It's Star Wars crap <laughs> that retains its uh, its yeah, longevity somehow. But yeah, basically it all comes down to crap after everybody stops caring about it. At that point, <laughs> it's just crap. <laughs> but but there's this there's this line that you that you say where 
You said hobbies are trends expressed in material terms. And like trends, they thrive and wither in ways that are fairly predictable. And uh, I, I just wanted to take a little second and say that's some really good writing, Ron. And I'm, uh, I'm happy, to, happy to kind of spend a little bit, of, little bit of time just reading it and sort of thinking about it. Um, it, it. Well, I probably should have said collectibles instead of hobbies because hobbies is probably too broad but yeah i mean i sort of feel that way i don't know maybe maybe i'm wrong but collectibles in general kind of i mean they go up and down depending on it's like a generational thing it seems to me in a lot of ways except for certain things but most things are generational yeah and that's that's i mean i don't know if you guys pay attention to what's happening right now in the collectible market but about Five years ago, I was like, you know, if I were smart, if I were like Yehuda, like he's always smart, he's always ahead of the game. If I were smart, I would just buy the most expensive Pokemon cards I could right now. Because all those dumb idiots like, you know, Steve's age, they're all going to grow up and want Pokemon cards, so I should just do it. And I haven't been paying attention. The Pokemon card market has gone up like 10 times. Like whatever card you used to be able to buy for 5000 is now 30000 It's just like... <laughs> Don't check my math. Um, it's absolutely yeah. exploded, and it's just much like you say. It's fairly predictable. And the thing I think that would be interesting to do is try to take Ron's uh, little sentence here and figure nostalgia in there. You know, like how can we put nostalgia into this? Because these these stamps are like our parents' generation thinking what we want right. based on yeah. their nostalgia. Yeah. Which is like yeah, the Black I, Series toys. Like, <laughs> we think that these kids should care about action figures, but they don't. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hasbro yeah. toys are stamps. Okay. <laughs> that's an interesting thing. Like, people say Star Wars collecting is going to... I mean, I don't know. I hate getting into market discussions because I just think it's, like, pointless. People, nobody really knows. And I, I've never been able to predict all this stuff. But um, even if Star Wars, like, as a... Oh, I guess uh, uh, a license and still has like relevance 20 years from now and, and probably it will in some degree. Like, I don't know if action figures really will in the same way. You know, I think that's really tied to what 60s through 90s people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, outside of that, you know, kids today don't seem to care as much, but you know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know anything about kids. So, yeah. Well, so I think that's a nice and sobering way to get into this article. Um, so, so Jonathan, you you spent all Johnny too much. You spent all this time, <laughs> the, the fake Canadian. That that's your other old nickname. Um, <laughs> the like, you spent all this time making this nice article. And we've just explained why it's totally totally worthless. Um, but it's why it's so valuable. It's why we like what you do so much. You really documented this really well. Uh, so explain oh, man, to us. This is a cool yeah. article, man. There's it, a bunch of stuff in here I never knew about, like sand citizens and all this other stuff. <laughs> like I, I never knew any of this stuff, like until I saw this. So this is pretty cool, I think. Yeah. So, so who, t tell us, Jonathan, a little bit about uh, a little bit about like who actually made this thing? Because, what like what is a stamp company? Like what 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 does this even mean? So. This was put out by H.E. Harris uh, and company, and they were sort of dominant uh, in the world of collecting stamps. So they produced, you know, stamp albums and somehow, you know, was a, were able to purchase large quantities of canceled, you know, used stamps 
um, in, in, you know, large quantities so that they were able to offer these books that, you know, they were printed with like the description or whatever. And then they, there were places in these books where you would, you know, apply the stamps with these special little hinges that you, that you kind of gummed rubber things. And, um, so you would buy this thing from them. Um, but they're, a big part of their business was on the sort of approvals model. So if you remember buying, you know, records or tapes or whatever back in the eighties or nineties, you know, it was that same kind of thing. Like, well, we give you something cheap to start with. Um, but you got to agree to receive our stuff on a periodic basis and you can either keep it or send it back and on all that. So, so that's they need, like the, you, the Columbia house method. Cause you say that in the article and I'm trying to figure out, so the idea is you would get one stamp kit for cheap, but you'd be agreeing to getting stamp kits at a regular price sent, and you could return them, but basically people never did, so that's how they made their money? That it, Yeah, that was a big part of their business. They also sold things at, like, hobby shops, and these, these kits, um, I've got some examples of, of different ways that they were available. These kits, as far as I can tell, were available at like hobby stores or whatever. But there was there would be then like a coupon to sort of send away for, you know, additional stamps to help you because you'd get the album. You get enough stamps where you go, oh, maybe I could really start collecting these things. And that it was the hook to get you in to kind of get you to keep coming back to the well to, to buy their stuff to fill up their album. Okay, so, so the stamp collecting album, so the, the, the kit, it came with some stamps and an album, but the album was all Star Wars or it was Star Wars and other stuff? What was it? The stamp, the album was um, sort of space-themed stamps from around the world. And then these Star Wars things, they're not really stamps, you know, because they're not posted. So I think they refer to them as seals because they're, they're like stamps, but they're not, you know, they're not actually postage. Right. Just to be clear, if you put these on a, on a, on a postcard, they wouldn't get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, now you're bringing this up. There's there's a great bit of copy in there that, that does kind of provide some theoretical use for the for the Star Wars ones. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, it was in the the approval department ad, but it says, uh, "Prepare for the day where you may be able to send messages to alien planets. When that day <laughs> arrives, use these 24 full color Star Wars seals for intergalactic postage and." special deliveries to star systems wherever they may be so they had some purpose you know. well, god damn it now we're ne thanks to thanks to this rigged election we're never going to get a second term of trump we're never going to get space force or space force thomas jefferson we're never going to get to use these stamps i don't want to get political steve but we were this close to getting to use these stamps uh, <laughs> and one thing i didn't realize and i think jonathan pointed out in here is that Harris was somehow related to the General Mills Fund Group. Is that accurate? Yeah. So I guess Harris was like early 20th century. And, um, you know, so by the time of, you know, the 70s, he was an older guy. And so, yeah, he, the, he sold out and, you know, the H.E. Harris brand became part of the, you know, General Mills conglomerate. So, um, wow. and I didn't realize that until I, you know, I found that ad out of a Playthings magazine. It was like, oh, you know, I just didn't realize they were also part of that group. So it made yeah. sense, you know, that yeah. that was their end to kind of get this license. Yeah. All yeah. goes back to the, the fun group.
Ron, you probably know more about it than I do. I really only have this this uh, thing. I think it was a trade magazine for for you know. Is that that little the clipping you have? Yeah. Yeah, I think Playthings is a toy industry magazine, sort of like um, that variety is like an entertainment industry magazine. So if you were like a in the toy biz or you were like a buyer for a, a company that did mm-hmm. toys, you'd mm-hmm. probably get Playthings as like an industry magazine. I don't yeah, know, is that... it still being published? I can't even remember, but I'm not they sure usually that... have a lot of interesting ads. Right. Because it really sounds like a fake pornographic magazine in a TV show. <laughs> like, you know how they always have, like, the, the fake knockoffs on Penthouse or, or, right. uh, or Playboy? Um, okay, so that oh, was I, age... I'm sorry, I, I got it wrong. The clipping is from Boy's Life. He has a clipping in there, but you're talking about the first, the, the big ad with the... The big ad, the yeah. logo, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they, they put ads in Playthings because that's where toy buyers would have probably a subscription. So this is, like for wholesale buyers rather than for, you know, the general public. I think that's the, the key thing about playthings is that it's for a toy buying public, like for the, the wholesale retailer, public. Retailer yeah. based, yeah. So, then, like, so it goes back to General Mills, and at some point I feel like we should probably do some kind of weird corporate study of General Mills in the 70s to figure out how much Star Wars stuff was done all across the world and where and like what was happening in Holland and Germany and stamps and cereals and it's just it it seems like it's a, a huge mess did you know Ron? Well, well well yeah I mean it's like I don't know just probably to re- recap for people who are listening but um, so the General Mills Fund Group you know Kenner was one of the companies included in there along with but MPC did the model kits. Right. Um, and what are the other? Craftmaster, who did various crafts. Like they picked up the poster sets after a while. Um, Lionel was in there, and they did the uh, Power Passers uh, slot racing Star Wars set. Uh, so there were several different companies that were included. Uh, Parker Brothers, I think, was in there. But, you know, they didn't get the Star Wars games until later because Kenner kind of kept the, the board games for a while. Uh, but I think we might talk about the General Mills Fund Group in some of the old blog posts about board games mm-hmm. or um, some of the other stuff that, that we've blogged about. But that, that's kind of what they were. And, it, and until Jonathan made, did this article, I didn't realize that Harris was also included in there. And, and a fun fact, uh, Ron, I did a little bit of research because I see, I mean, there's not a lot of uh, Boston connections for Star Wars, right? I was thinking um, that you were going to maybe bring this up. So I, I figured out where they were actually located. Do you know where they were located, Ron? Uh, not off the top of my head. Kenmore Square. So oh, nice. There you go, right by Fenway and right by where probably Ron and I must have seen a show at the same time before we knew each other, maybe at the Ratskeller or something or... Uh, that's Probably. that's sort of like that used to be. I mean, back before money made Boston unlivable and like killed everything that used to be sort of interesting there. Like Kenmore Square was like I the place to go. Paul Weller over there. Circa yeah. 1993. Wow. Yeah. Let's see. I think it was '92 is when I saw uh, Sam Black Church and Slapshot at the Ratskeller. But that's probably nice. probably more likely to see uh, to see some bootleg collectors than than Ron. But yeah, I mean, that, that, as far as I can tell, that's the only direct Boston connection I can think of in, in the Kenner era. So, I mean, the vintage era. So let's keep going. Let's, we, we got Johnny too much here, Steve. What do we ask him next? Come on. <laughs> uh, we were starting to get into the, the contents a bit. Um, and now there were two, there were multiple versions of the kit too, right, Jonathan? 
Yeah, so the first one that came out, they they both look pretty much the same on the front, although the the sort of racetrack, it's not really a racetrack, but it, it the coloring looks a little different, at least on the pair that I have. But anyways, the first one had a, a, a black and white um, photo on the back of the box and sort of an earlier version of the, stand, the seals that didn't really match um, the version in the kit. And then... Um, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but presumably then the, the later version then is the color version where the, the seals actually look appropriate. And they they've done a little better job of the design of the, the back to the, the contents are the same. It's just it's just a, a little difference in the packaging. And, okay. and it's a it's a TIE fighter chasing a an X-wing just so everyone knows what the image looks like, like which yeah. of, the, of the boring images you've seen a thousand times is it? I actually I lose track. Like, is it always the Tie Fighter chasing the X Wing, or is it sometimes the X Wing? Cha- I see it so often. I don't even know which direction it usually goes. Yeah, I feel like there's another one that's often used, um, where it's it's like I think the X Wing chasing Darth Vader's Tie Fighter and vice versa. There's a couple that that rotate around, but this is definitely one of those. Yeah, because yep. this this Tie fi- this X Wing is getting it. I mean, it is currently being blown up. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's a bad day. And it isn't crazy how, how orange and rusted the X-Wing look. We get the, the stamp collecting kit, and there's a black and white version, there's a color version. And then you open it up, and you get a book, and then you get some stamps, and then you get some seals. Is that it? Yes. So it's like a, it's like a paperback um, book, uh, it, kind of like a booklet, I would call it. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, that's what you get, and you get the, these 24 Star Wars seals that are all on this one sheet um and of course it's it touts that it's two dollars so as far as i know they never sold that sheet you know by itself um i think this is just a, a like a value add gimmick like wow i paid five dollars for this thing and <laughs> this uh, one thing alone this, is this one is, thing yeah. alone is worth two dollars <laughs> i'm ahead of the game already um and then there were 35 uh, you know again these sort of space themed posted stamps um and then the little hinges things where you you would fold them and kind of get them wet and stick them to the the album and to the stamp so that um you could lift up the stamp and still sort of see the thing that was below it for whatever that's worth so and and it retailed for about five bucks right yeah about five bucks um and then still still five dollars today and yeah you know right roughly i think (laughs) it's four or five times yeah so and then at some point there was a they offered a bagged version of the thing and that one's kind of cool it's got all the same stuff and but it's in a it's in a plastic bag with a header card that's very with the droids on it yeah Yeah, it's pretty cool looking it it um that one took me a long time to track down and I, I had some help from Duncan Jenkins. I knew he was headed to an, a fairly recent auction and that was one of the things described. So he, he was kind enough to pick that up on my behalf. Now, I don't think so, I've ever seen that. I've seen I, the yeah. boxed one all over, but I don't think I've ever seen the one with the header card. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I yeah. haven't either. I thought it was interesting that the, the Harris name doesn't show up on the header card. Um, so, you know, you can see it through the, you know, on the packaging, like inside the bag, again, with the $2, um, you know, stamp sheet showing up there. Um, but mm-hmm. so, you know, again, I, I don't know. I, I don't have any reason to believe it wasn't. It was packaged by someone else or anything. I think it's just odd that their name isn't on it. Okay, so so Jonathan, if you wanted to put together right now 
a run of the original black and white kit, the color kit, and then this bagged kit. Would it be basically impossible because the bagged kit is impossible to find? But it would cost you like twenty dollars if you could find it, or is it? Is there anything valuable about any of this at all? No, okay. no. There's, there, it's like low interest. Um, you know, the bagged kit and then the 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 sort of supplemental packs that we'll get into. Those are all pretty tough to find, um, but no one cares about them. So, or very few 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 care about them. So, yeah, the box kits, well. you know, twenty bucks a piece. But this bag thing. You know, it would probably be thirty bucks or, or maybe fifty bucks at the most. But you know, again, it just well, you never you know. know what's going to turn up to be valuable because, you know, fifteen years ago I was buying bootleg ceramics and I was like, oh, this stuff isn't worth anything, like ten dollars a piece. And you know, just last week now on eBay, this a ceramic item went for a thousand dollars. Oh my god! Ceramic. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then oh gosh, yeah. you never know. Now that now that there's a blog post, now <laughs> yes. all it's gonna take is one, a couple of guys to start battling. That's out it. The, the bagged um, stamp collecting kits. Uh, I mean, we're, we're obviously teasing, talking about the actual stamps themselves because that's just going to be a non-stop just roller coaster of joy and fun. So, but before we get to that, let's kind of talk more about all the things you could get. There's also a display here. I've never seen the display either. So it's, no. a, it's it it holds like twenty different kits. And where would this display probably have been? Uh this is like. You know, I guess it would have been it's pretty big, but it's sort of a it's a countertop display. So Ian Regan was kind enough to lend the photos and of the of the display and, and the box that it came in. So I think it came with like 24 of the earlier, you know, black and white kits in it. So but it's pretty cool. It's you know, it's a little bin. Um, all the kits stack up in it and then it's got a header card in the back and then the droids. Um, are this sort of separate piece that right. kind of hooks on to the header card, so it's sticking off the side. So it's 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 a you know a unique looking display. It's pretty yeah. cool looking. I'm I'm just gonna jump in and make one of my famous stupid uh, points. But C3PO and R2D2 are just really cool. I really like the way they look <laughs> together. I think visually they're just really cool looking, aren't they? Right. I mean, they, we just take it for granted because we collect this stuff all the right time. There. But the gold and the blue and the silver and the white and the tall and the short—it's just a—it's just a very, very nice-looking composition. This whole, this like goofy kit that 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 you're showing here—it just all comes together with these very cool-looking droids. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if if they weren't there. <laughs> Yeah, or if it's just—I mean, maybe it's compared to the the Tie Fighter and the X Wing. I, mean, I love that, the design of those as well, but yeah. it's just—I don't know. The, this is a really nice bin. I really like the way the they cut out. The great thing about the store display is the four explosions. It makes it look like it's <laughs> like a shooting game or something. Yeah. That's like on the header there. <laughs> Someone's like, "Oh, we need to punch this up. It's about yep. stamps. It needs to be it needs more explosions." Instead Thanks. of images of the stamps, yeah, they just airbrush some explosions on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're still not at the point where we're going to talk about the amazing stamps and what's actually on them because there's even more to collect here, even more to talk about. So if we want to put together a run, well, that display would get pretty crazy because, you know, getting, getting displays are pretty crazy. What else could we possibly get in this Harris? If we want to be like Johnny too much, what else do we have to get? 
Well, you've got to track down six supplemental packs. Oh. And so, the, so these were small shrink-wrapped packs of sort of like a cardboard backer. And um, each one came with a unique set of um, a little sheet with six uh, more Star Wars seals and then an additional 10 postage stamps. Again, sort of space-themed uh, you know, stamps from around the world. And I haven't, you know, looked at it, but, you know, presumably they fill in blanks inside the, uh, the star Wars, you know, stamp collecting book, the, the, uh, you know, the foreign stamps do. So, okay. So then those must be pretty rare or no, those are the, yeah, they're, they're pretty tough to find. Um, so, you know, it, it's, I, there's still one of them that I need sealed. I've I've got it sort of in an open condition, but yeah, it, it, they're just you just never see them. Um, yeah, whereas yeah, you know cool. the the main kit you see all the time, but these these things are they're they're tough. And the, the, point and the, the other the, cool thing about them is that the, that red Star Wars logo is not. Yeah, I don't know if it's used anywhere else. No, it looks, it looks like Flash familiar, Gordon. It's, it's, not I, yeah, it's not even. Yeah, not even a Star exactly, Wars logo. Yeah. What I was just going to bring up, yeah, I think Jonathan mentions that it's it's basically similar to that that style oh, the circus, circus poster. poster. Yeah. But so you, it, it's I think that's where it probably originated because um, that was a '78 re-release, and I've mm-hmm. seen it. They they used it in a lot of ads for movie theaters, but I hadn't seen it used for another product before like that. So that, and then obviously yeah. in like bright red, it really stands out. It's really cool. Yeah, and I can't take credit for spotting that. You know, I, the, my, yeah, my reaction was similar to yours. I was like, that's weird. I've never seen that before. And I think I shared it somewhere, I believe, or someone else did. I don't, I don't remember. But there was discussion, I think, on that Beyond the Toys group or something. And, and someone mm-hmm. was like, oh, yeah, that's like the Style D, except, you know, it's the, the Wars is, you know, just not extended towards right you know that that's a little more sort of symmetrical and they that's sort of arch shaped bottom and this one's not so mm-hmm. yeah but i don't think anything else uses that then, then i think steve we've we've had our vegetables we've learned just about <laughs> everything we can we now need to start systematically looking at the images and the descriptions and we haven't even we're not even going to get to the supplemental ones yet steve do you know what's my favorite part of the original kit uh, let's see. I gotta. I gotta pull this up again. There's only one answer, and I don't even well, know if you if you talk about this in your in your speak in your uh, essay. What what is it, Sky? Use your beep code. <laughs> okay. So if you look at this sheet of stamps, okay, there's a sheet of stamps, and they're all pretty traditional images of of Star Wars characters, and you have Tarkin, which is cool, and Vader, and Jawas, and you have Obi Wan Kenobi, who appears to like just be not having his lightsaber before the effects were so it's just like a metal rod but then there's a little runoff space where they just have images of planets and for some reason (laughs) underneath this ghostly image of r2d2 this is is. not one of the official seals it just says underneath r2d2 use your beep code (laughs) i've never heard a beep code referenced before I, i don't like what what what's Jonathan? What does this mean? What is a beep code? Uh, I have no idea. I guess it's for when you're sending these messages to alien planets. Right. right. You know, <laughs> we're not there yet. We don't have the information. <laughs> I mean, I, I think you know, we need to make T-shirts of this. 
You know, I mean, use your beep code. Like, what does that even the, mean? Like, it must be the 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 intergalactic postal code. Yeah, <laughs> the beep code. That's it. That's it. And who's saying it? Is it R2-D2 who's saying it? Is someone right, saying it right. to him? Why is he transparent? Like, why does he get an extra stamp that's not one of the seals? It's, it's, uh, okay. It's bizarre. So it, is, it a, is it a force ghost R2? I don't yeah. know. It's just a hologram. I don't know. It looks more ghostly. I think you're right, Sky. He does, he does look ghostly there. Okay, so as far as peculiarities... Um, off of off of the the original kit. Does anything stand out to you, Ron, from peculiarities of the the Harris, just the original uh, stamp kit? Um, I'm still trying to find where the beep code is, but oh, maybe only <laughs> some people have it. seen it. Yeah, well, it's what? like on, <laughs> yeah, it's on the edge edge of the that sheet, uh, the 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 sheet that came with the thing. I think that's called the gutter. Oh, like thank the extra you. Space around the thing. Yeah, it's bizarre. Oh. oh, I see. Use your beep code. Yeah, <laughs> that seemed like a very wrong thing to 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 point out. So um, that's I didn't why even I'm... notice that. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds um, pretty awesome. I don't I don't know what. I wonder. It's <laughs> completely random. Yeah. Oh. Like. Yeah. Hey, put something there, Eddie. Funny, but... Put what? I I don't know. Beep beep beep. Use your beep code. Yeah, that's good. That's not I guess like a that maybe is like that's droid for the force or something. Like use the use your beep code rather than use the force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Sounds well, more pedestrian though. Well, I I definitely like seeing the the prefix Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi. I don't know why in their fights they don't have lightsabers that are lit lit up. That that seems weird. Um, yeah. I guess they didn't have access to those photos. Um, I like that instead of a X-wing fighter, it just says fighter ship. Um, yes. <laughs> I I like that there's a picture of two Jawas and it just says Chief Jawa. So, w which one is the chief? Is that is that like is that what they're fighting about? Is the guy with the gun the chief? Is that what we're supposed to assume? Um, but where where things get really fun and really exciting is with these six other sets. This is where yes. things get absolutely bonkers. So first, first of all, I can't think of many vintage items that are divided this way. So there are six different sheets of seals, but they're divided into Death Star, Tatooine, Tatooine Residence, Spaceships, Cantina Scenes, and Escape from Death Star. So they're all divided, which makes them kind of fun and kind of neat. Um, so what, what what do we have to say about the let's let's kind of go one by one. Death Star has the uh, stormtrooper in the corridor of light, so I'll have to track yeah. that one down. Got to find that one. I can't yep. see if there's anything else funny about that one. Anyone else can speak up <laughs> on that? Uh, well, I have a hard time finding the Millennium Falcon on the Millennium Falcon huh. stamp. Oh my God, like, you're right. I, the Millennium Falcon I, I stamp is being dragged into the into the into the hangar through the tractor right. beam, and you can't see the Millennium Falcon at all. I, I, I think for whoever was cropping these photos was drunk. I'm convinced <laughs> for both the the original stamps and these. It's like, yeah, it's probably off there to the right. We know that, but it's it's, it's not. Nah, actually they're just there. from Boston. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It has a bit of a tops the tops vibe where some, some things a little bit off sometimes, but yeah. 
Uh, and then, then we have the Tatooine one where we have like the least compelling, like all these shots are really not compelling. So there's a shot of the purchase of the droids, but it's like the establishing shot where they're like 50 feet away. Um, and then there's another <laughs> shot of Luke and C-3PO and R2 by the land speeder. But like, again, they're like 50 feet away. It's basically abstract. <laughs> then you have the hero shot of Luke. Another picture right. of Luke looking at R5-D4. Um, and then the, the famous scene with the stormtroopers. Um, right. I can't. I don't know if there's anything else in there that's interesting. Uh, Tatooine Residence is an absolute delight. So I'll, I'll let that, someone that else. That might be my favorite. Yes. Yeah. What, what makes Tatooine Residence so great? Well, you don't see the uh, the spy guy too much. I feel like in in vintage stuff. Um, and and then I just noticed there there's an image of the Tusken Raiders kind of peeking over the rock that I'm pretty sure we talked about being replicated in one of those goofy coloring books in the last blog yes, blog that we, we did. did. Uh, <laughs> so that's it's kind of fun to see that again. Um, yeah, it's. I think that's also used on a three pack backdrop, isn't it? I think. Yes. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. And um, and also we have the Death Star droid. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool because the Death Star droid is on the Tatooine residence thing because, of course, that's <laughs> where the Death Star droid is. Everybody knows that, right. but the name is super <laughs> confusing. He's like the original Moonface, you know? Um, I'm pretty sure the Jawa picture is just a behind-the-scenes picture where, like, they're just waiting for something to happen, waiting to yell action because it just looks yeah. like like a tired uh, Tunisian kid in a bathrobe. Um yeah, you've, you've got the Imperial spy, but he's not called Grindin, he's just the spy. And then finally, how, what do they call the Tusken Raider? <laughs> the Sand Citizen. <laughs> what else? What happened? Of all the words they could have chose. This isn't like some language that is problem. That really weird, yeah. It's like almost like a non-English speaker was... <laughs> trying to do something and like they somehow came out as sand citizen but that's just a really weird choice of words <laughs> because yeah it's one of those things where, where i had this and it was like you know you get this stuff and you don't really pay that much attention to it but it was like one day i was just like what sand citizen <laughs> i mean I, okay well yeah, it's like more at subsequent movie film <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> If it had come out later, it sort of reeks of political correctness, right? Like, oh, you can't call them sand people. Oh, I can't? No, call them uh, sand citizens. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's... Um, so I, I sort of threatened talking about the etymology of uh, the word citizen versus the word subject. But it is interesting, because citizen implies a democracy, right? Because, you know, citizen goes back to, like, of the city, meaning, meaning of the people, Whereas if, like, you're a subject, you're, like, underneath some centralized power or whatever. So, like, this implies a hierarchy to the Tuscan Raider life. That right. You could be a citizen, right? Like, the, the absolute emblems of savagery and lack of laws and craziness, like, they are some of the only citizens in the entire... Because there's no citizens in the Empire, right? Right. They're all subjects. <laughs> yep. So, really, the Sand Citizen is the only truly democratic force in the entire original Star Wars trilogy. Please debate. Are you saying that Jawas are somehow exempt from democracy or Jawa, <laughs> Jawa self-government? I, I think so. I mean, what? I don't know. Are there Jawa citizens? What about people on Bespin? I thought they were, they were the, defying the Empire until... 
if a fader shows up. Yeah. I think your, your view is narrow here. Yeah. I think, yeah, they do call them citizens of Bespin, don't they? I don't know. Uh, okay, well, well, please please insert disc two for a continuation of this conversation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's great because it's also just like like uh, like Johnny says, Johnny too much says in the uh, in the in the write up that it's just poorly cropped. It's like, how do you cut off the top of the head of the Tuscan Raider? Like you have one job. They like, needed to get those rocks by his feet in. Yeah, it was yeah. essential. And yeah. there are sand people on the same sheet. So it must have been that they were like, "What's <laughs> what do you? Yeah. You, didn't want, with, you didn't want to use sand person. They had uh, to. They had uh, to I'm gonna go with the... with Ron's explanation that they're just stupid Bostonians. It was like, "Hey, uh, Johnny, uh, uh, what's the singular of uh, of people? <laughs> citizen? <laughs> All right, sand citizen. You know, just like it could have said sand Yastrzemski or something. Yes. <laughs> Uh, okay, and then and then we get to spaceships, two different words, and this has a, a good Y wing image that you don't usually see um, from behind. Uh, you have the X wing, you have a Millennium Falcon, which you can actually see a Tie Fighter and the Escape Pod. So that that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. There's not yeah not too much Escape Pod merch out there, so that's another. And, and I know because I one. I try to track it all down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and the, the cantina scenes is just great. Oh, they've come up with a new name. What what is the new name? Well, that's that's Gatorhead for, uh, <laughs> for our friendly uh, Hammerhead. Another like just where did that come from? I mean, yeah. wh- when did these come out? I guess they could have come out before the twenty backs came out. So <laughs> that's, yeah, that's this true. was set, yeah the the. Uh, the playthings ad I think is from early '78, you know, and it's mm-hmm. it's so yeah, it's touted as a new product for '78, but yeah, it was it was probably out. You know, just didn't have a name yet. Early. <laughs> I, you know what? To give them credit though, they're they're consistent with the names they they choose. I, I noticed that they refer to him as Gatorhead in one of the ads as well. Like for for these, and it might have been the one where you can get the whole set for what was right. it, two dollars. They they yeah. mention Gatorhead again, you know. <laughs> so it's yeah, they were sticking with it. <laughs> they're sticking with it. <laughs> I, I might be ignorant on this, but is that we'd have to ask someone who's into props and cantina stuff like Tom Spina or something. Was that was Gatorhead like ever a name that was attached to that mask early <sighs> on? Like this, where did that? Where did they even get that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think like I, 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 like the mask was called Woof, right? And so on oh, some yeah. early Kenner stuff, it'll be called Woof, yeah. You know, before they came up with Classy, but I just don't even know where Gatorhead comes from. It seems like it's <laughs> really random. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm leaning more towards the the drunk Bostonian <laughs> saying, "Hey, call him Gatorhead." <laughs> hey, hey, Doyle, come over here. What, what does this guy look like to you? I was like a Gator something. All right, we'll call him Gatorhead. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> probably exactly what happened. Yeah, I think that's. I, I love that, that that no less than half of the stamps on this sheet are cantina patrons. It's like ah, whatever, you know. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, when I mean, you know, Steve Steve does his whole show about talking to people about their movie experiences, and whenever he gets around to talking to my brothers who are in Boston and seeing yes. seeing Star Wars whenever they could in the Boston area, 
you know, they went, like, my brother Bart, Lobart, he went for the cantina. I mean, that's why, like, he would go and see Star Wars 500 times, but it was primarily to see the cantina. <laughs> so it is really cool to have this much cantina featured. I mean, you have some aliens here that you just never see, right? Um, yep. I mean, there's one that I don't, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm not a very good Star Wars fan. I don't think I know the name of all the aliens in there. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it is something else, and then and then we end with the sixth, uh, the sixth sheet, which is Escape from the Death Star, and has a return of our two favorite characters, Steve. <laughs> yes, that's right. The Space Force Thomas Jefferson just makes it in there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> along with, kind of along a, with that, Steve Jobs. That's like a flipped version of that post. It is. Puzzle, yeah. Though. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to have a, a Space Force Thomas Jefferson focus, there are there are two pieces now. Yeah. <laughs> there are two items. And, and I, I like how how uh, how too much he he puts on this whole idea that they had to trademark everything, oh, right. even yes, they didn't know. Right. So they have an X fight X wing, but they just call it a fighter ship, and then they trademark it. Right. And here it just says <laughs> heroes. Heroes <laughs> just, trademark. <laughs> hey, uh, hey Doyle, what do we call these? Uh, he, heroes? What is that? Some kind of <laughs> fighter ship? It's called a fighter ship. Who cares? Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Well, that that is that is super awesome. I think I think we've gotten our our too much here. Uh, is, yeah, is, I don't know that there's there's any more too much to be had. <laughs> I think we've reached the end. <laughs>